If you have your Bibles, then uh, I'd ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're um, walking through this current series of answering some tough questions. And uh, I want you to know that uh, if you want to find a a pastor or a church that will not uh, speak the truth to you, then that's pretty easy to find in our culture today. You can turn on the TV and you can shop around and you can find the flavor that makes you feel good. Uh, I want you to know, and I say this in love, that I'm not here really to make you feel good. I'm really here to try to preach the truth, truth of God's Word. And so sometimes that, that does make, make us feel really good, and other times it kind of convicts us of a sin. And, and I want you to know that that, uh, that happens in my life too, and so we're all in the same journey. So today we're going to be talking about truth. And uh, I just want to pause this morning for just a second because um, when, when great things happen in people's lives, we want to celebrate that. And Jeffrey would never tell you this, but he's about to graduate from seminary uh, in a couple weeks and actually will be gone uh, to go graduate. Uh, and so we're, we're uh, proud of him. So if you see him, then you just pat him on the back and tell him he looks smarter and all those things that make him feel good. But that is, that is a journey that he is completing. We're proud of him. And uh, now I've completely embarrassed him. And so he's turning three shades of red. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about truth. Our world is filled with people who say they are seeking truth. They say they're looking for uh, the truth. But, you know, the truth is kind of uh, two-sided in that sometimes we want the truth and then sometimes we don't want people to know the truth. Uh, we, we, We say we want truth in religion. We say we want truth in politics. We say we want truth in religion. We want truth in life. But with that truth comes the cutting part of what is true. Much of our world is trying to give us what is really a false truth. For uh, many years, Ivory Soap has had as their slogan that 99 and 44 one hundredth percent of their soap is pure. Well, a hundred percent is pure. And although it's a very small sliver that is not pure, it, it is not completely pure. And so there is this, there, there is this, it's mostly true, but not all true process that goes through m- many people's uh, minds of, we, we want you to believe our truth. And many public figures have wanted us to believe their version of the truth. In fact, in fact, there are people who have their careers, their job is to mold the truth that they want you to hear and they want you to know. They want to manipulate the information as how it benefits them. And before we're really critical of them, we do the same thing. We put forth a truth that we want other people to see in us. We, want, we don't want them to see our flaws. They want, we want them to see our positive side. And so truth is, is, a, is a tough thing to talk about, and it's, and, it's, and it's tough for us to know because when someone asks you a question and they ask you to tell them the truth and you know that if you tell them the truth that actually it will hurt them, then that's a tough thing. And so the same thing was happening in Jesus' time. In fact, society was still trying to give their version of truth or not to be truthful at all. And so look with me in chapter 5 of Matthew, beginning in verse 33. And Jesus says, again, you have heard it as it was said of those of old, 
you shall not swear falsely, but, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is uh, the throne of God, or by the earth, for it, is the foot, for, his, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is by the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply uh, be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You see, there had been misguided people in Jesus' day who had taken God's law to tell the truth and tried to make it fit their own preferences. And before, again, before we're really critical of where they are, that's exactly what happens in our world. And, and honestly, what Jesus was confronting was the church that had taken God's law, which is, is concrete, and they try to make it fit what they wanted to in their society. And that happens, and that's what we call religion. You see, religion is not of God. Religion is of man. Religion is, God's, is, is man's way of trying to relate to God. And many times, religion gets it wrong. If you want to go back to the concrete truth, the truth is in God's word and God's word alone. And so there have been people who, uh, who had taken uh, God's word and they had twisted it. Where God had said, uh, you may swear by any, they had said, excuse me, what they had said was that you can swear by anything as long as it wasn't God and therefore you're not really tied to that commitment. When God had said, Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, don't take my name in vain, uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, uh, don't tell lies, and he had said a concrete truth, and they were saying, listen, as, as long as you don't take, uh, make a promise in God's name, then you really aren't tied to that commitment. You can swear just, just as long as you do it in the right way, and then if it doesn't work out in the way you want it to, you're not really held to that promise. Jesus said, the law had not changed and was not written that we may make it the way that we wish or, or to fit our perceived needs of the moment. And I want you to grasp the fact that nothing has changed. God's word, however hard it may be for us to follow, still says what it says, and it's true because it's true. And so we, we can't just make it what we want, you see, because God's word doesn't need to be revised. It doesn't need to be corrected or updated to meet the current standard. Jesus tells the people of that day very simply in verses 33 through 37, tell the truth. And you would think that would be very simple to comprehend. That would be a very easy rule to follow. When Jesus set down 10 laws, he said, listen, don't take my name in vain. And, and that's not necessarily talking about just cursing, okay? It's also talking about using God's name flippantly, as in using God to, to hold a promise to. And Jesus said, listen, tell the truth. Have you ever been lied to? Anybody in here ever been lied to? Okay, we've all been lied to, right? How does that make you feel? Betrayed, um, disappointed, um, cheated. It doesn't make you feel good. When, when someone tells a lie, then it hurts you. It, 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 it breaks that trust. The point that Jesus was making is this, that his word has never changed, and he is not going to tell a lie. He is living by the truth, and he wants us to live by the truth. Listen to what one author says. 
It says that God's absolute, unchanging standard is truth and sincerity in everything. You see, what what we try to uh, do in our lives, and, and some of this is intentional and some of it is not intentional, but what we try to do in our lives as believers in Christ is we try to sometimes separate our lives from God. In other words, when we're at church on Sunday, we're going to try to we're going to try to behave and we're going to try to do the right thing and we're going to dress a certain way, we're going to act a certain way, and we're going to live a certain way. And then when we go into the world, well, you know, that's a different set of rules. We, we, you know, when, when you walk into the world, then, then there's some things that are allowed because of the situation. And I want you to know that's not a biblical mindset at all. It's not a biblical mindset to try to divide your religious, your, your, your follower of Christ's life and your normal everyday life. In fact, what Jesus is trying to teach us is if you're going to be truthful in one area, you need to be truthful in another. In fact, that's where we get the the criticism in the church of people being hypocrites because they act one way on Sunday and another day another way on Monday. And so it's it's tough what Jesus is challenging us to do is not to have two different lives, not to try to live one way today and a different way tomorrow, but to live in the same way. The question that people are asking today is who can we trust? Now, maybe 500 years ago or 200 years ago or 75 years ago, the church was a place that people knew that they could trust. But I want you to know in in our day and time that the church has lost its credibility because it's lied to people. It's, It's not necessarily set out to purposefully deceive, but by not telling the truth, then therefore we have lost the trust of our world. And I want you to know that it's very hard as your pastor to combat that because we take the brunt of what everybody else has done wrong. And that's hard. But I want you to know if if you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. Our desire is for this to be a place that can be trusted. For this body of believers to be a place that we can be truthful for this place to be a place where there is safety and there is, there is peace and there is comfort, but more than anything else, that there is trust. Because the world is wanting to know who can we trust. Because everywhere they turn, people are trying to lie to them. They're, they're trying to, to play this game of, of, of hide-and-go-seek, of smoke and mirrors, of shell games, and, and they don't know where the truth is. And They come to church, and really they come with that same expectation of, is this a show? Is this for real? Is, is this church really saying one thing and yet doing another? Is it really a church where no perfect people are allowed? Or is that really just a, a slogan that they say? Or, or are we going to live that out? Is this really a place of grace and mercy and and a place where I can find a second and a third chance? Or is this a place that's going to condemn me for who I am? You see what I'm saying? So if we're going to be that, then we have to live by truth. And so sometimes truth hurts. And so sometimes when people come to me and, and as their pastor and, and they say, Pastor, here, here's what's going on in my life. And I have to look at them and I have to say, you know what? What I'm going to say to you hurts. And I want you to know it hurts me. But if I don't tell you the truth, then I'm not a very good friend, but I say that in love. Today, we live in a world where people can no longer use a man's word as enough. I I really hate this. You know, uh, very recently, I had to sit down with a guy and say, you know what, I trust you, (laughs) 
but my insurance company doesn't trust you. And so now we have to do this legal document of which, what, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, we would have just stuck our hands out, made a commitment, shook a hand, and we'd have been done. Now we have to get it notarized and have a lawyer look at it, and I can't just take your word and you can't take mine. We have to sit down and we have to do all this. It's not, this is not a slam against lawyers, but what I'm saying is we just live in a world that you can't, you can't take anything for granted. You, you can't take people for their word. We can no longer trust someone to tell the truth. We have to confirm that they are telling the truth. Who can we trust? Well, here, here's, here's what it boils down to. Man will fail you. Look at the person sitting next to you. However beautiful they be, it may be if they're their, your spouse, if they're a friend and you look at them and you think you can trust them. I hate to tell you this, that no matter how good a person they are, at some point they're going to fail you. And it's going to be disappointing and it's going to hurt. Now, if you're in a marriage, you're, you're hoping that you have enough change in your pocket relationship-wise that you can get through that. You hope in your friendship that you, you've done enough good things that when you fail, they'll forgive you. But here's what I want you to know is that you will be disappointed. You will have failures in friendships and relationships and, and in marriages. And when you come to that point, it's going to be disappointing. But here's what I want you to understand is that God never fails. He always tells the truth. And he always keeps his promises. If there's anything solid in this world, it's not that ivory soap is 99.44% pure. That's not really pure. What, what, what's really solid is that God never fails. And so in my own personal study Bible, I don't know what you do. Some people think it's sacrilegious to write in your Bible. Man, mine looks like a coloring book, okay? Because I want to highlight the promises of God because I know I can, I can depend on them. I want to star them. I want to circle them. I want to know that when I'm having a, a bad day that, that I can go to Joshua 1 and, and God will tell me that he will never leave me or forsake me. I, I need those kind of promises. I, I need that kind of truth because I live in a world that's trying to take me down and they're trying to misguide me and, and mislead me. And I need to know that God is truthful. You see, telling the truth and doing the, 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 the right thing are actually a hard thing to find in our society. That they're, It's becoming a, a, a very limited market that will tell you the truth. It's, it's becoming a very small group of people uh, who will do the right thing. See, but in Jesus' day and time, as, as Jesus is speaking to these people in that world, he, he, was, he was trying to convict them of the sin of, of swearing by everything. I mean, they were making promises to everything. They would swear to their mother, their, their dad, their kids. They were swearing by the pillars on the front of the temple. I mean, they were swearing by everything except for God. And, and they were making promises that they didn't really intend to keep. And so they would swear by these things. And Jesus said, listen, let's cut out all the mess. Keep your word. If you're going to say something, then do it. If you're going to tell something, tell the truth. Keep your word. This, now, and I, want to, I also want to just take a little bit of a quick side, uh, side note here. This passage was not an instruction to abstain from swearing to tell the truth in the court of law. There have been some, some people that have taken that stance, have taken from this scripture and said that a believer in Christ is not supposed to put their hand on their Bible and swear in a court of law. And I want you to know that's not what Jesus said. In fact, if you will read your New Testament, 
there are multiple passages that says that we are co- to come under the law that we live in, that we're to respect the, the government that we are a part of. And if anything, that we should embrace to tell the truth. And, and it's not really anything scary for us to, to tell the truth and to put our hand on the Bible and to swear that we're going to tell the truth on God's name. Because if you're living as a believer in Christ, you should be telling the truth any, anyway, right? And so it's not something that's scary and it's not something that is blasphemous for us to stand in a court of law and say, hey, I'm going to tell the truth. Because if you're a follower of Christ, that's what Jesus expects you to do anyway. But when you begin to live by the word of God, then you need to learn to live by the truth. And when you seek to live an honest life, you will find greater peace. Have you ever been caught in a lie? Man, I remember when I was younger, because I don't lie anymore, right? Um, I remember, though, when I was younger, getting caught in the lies as a teenager. As teenagers, sometimes we think that our parents are stupid, and they will not figure out the web of lies that we have woven together, okay? But when, when the lies begin to crash around you, and you can't even remember where the truth is and what you told one person and one, what you told another, have you ever been in that moment, and, and then you realize that, that holy smoke, I'm in a mess, if I'd have just told the truth, it wouldn't have been nearly as bad. In fact, I'll tell you how I'm raising my children. I tell my children that if you have done something wrong, I would, you will get in less trouble if you tell me the truth than if you tell me a lie. Why? Because there's trust. And when you're in the middle of a lie, it's stressful and there's, there's not peace. But when you tell the truth, as hard as that might be, there is peace in that. You know, Jesus said something very similar to that. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you, what? Free. So as hard as it is to tell the truth, we need to learn to tell the truth. You see, because when you look at the picture of what God wants us to do, he says in Psalm 51, 6, that God desires truth in the inmost being. He he desires truth from your inner core, from your heart. God, Proverbs 6, verses 16 and 17 says that God hates a lying tongue. Proverbs 12, says that lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. You see, God has, has said this is black and white. This is not a gray area. Telling the truth is not something that there is question about when you hold it up against Scripture. Telling the truth and keeping your promises are exactly what God wants you to do. You see, we used to live in that handshake world where your word was your bond, and if you shook someone's hand and you looked them in the eye and you made a commitment that you were going to do it and you knew that they would do the same, we lived in a world where promises were uh, spoken and expected to be kept. And I want you to know that that world cannot just disappear, that that is the world of what it means to be a follower of Christ, that when you make a promise that you should do your best to keep that promise, when you tell someone you should tell the truth, Verse 37, Jesus boils it all down for those of us who, who maybe can't comprehend all the rest of it. Look at verse 37. He said, listen, simply say yes or no. Have you ever had someone try, you, you wanted them to answer a question and they want to give you this really long explanation and in the middle of it, you want to just go, hey, is it yes or no? Did you do it or did you not do it? Did you complete it? Did you say that? Just just a yes or no. I I really don't want some great drawn out explanation. I just want you to be truthful with me. Yes or no. In fact, James 
takes this subject that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mountain. In James chapter 5, verse 12, it says, James said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. It doesn't get any simpler than that. You don't have to be a Greek scholar to understand the, the inner workings of the, the biblical language. It just says, tell the truth. When you say something, do it. Why is that hard? It's hard because truth is sometimes very painful. Truth is a sobering reality. We say, we want to know the truth. We want to know everything. And listen, sometimes, here's what I've learned. I, I'll be 41 this year. I have learned that ignorance is bliss. Anybody else ever learned that, that lesson? I mean, you, you used to think you wanted to know everything, and now I'm telling you, the less information I got, the better off I am. Because when, when you know everything, sometimes you go, ooh, that's ugly. That's painful. I, I could have done without that information because the truth cuts and it, and it hurts. Truth, truth can be hard to, to choose because it comes with responsibility. Because when you know the truth, then you have to live by the truth. If you're a follower of Christ, you can no longer ignore those things that are going on around you. Here's a great example. As your pastor, I would love to say things like, everyone gets to go to heaven when they die. I can't tell you how many funerals that I have preached where I knew that that person was not with Jesus. And I would love to say to that family, you know what? I know he was, a, he, he was a really mean and horrible person, but you know, everybody gets to go to heaven when they die. But I couldn't. And the truth hurts. And it's tough. You know, I would, I would love to say thing like, things like, good people never suffer. But... I can tell you that I have watched some of the dearest people that I know who had the best hearts and had the best intentions of life watch their bodies be ravaged by a disease that they did not deserve. And it's tough. You see, I would love to say that if you live your life the right way, the odds will always be in your favor. But I want you to know that you can live life the right way and sometimes bad things will just crush your life. But I, I do want you to understand this, that just because bad things happen to good people, just because it seems like good people suffer and bad, bad people sometimes seem to prosper, even though you live the right way and sometimes in the, in the end you still get sick, it doesn't mean that God's love has disappeared. It just means that sometimes the truth of life is hard. And God, never, you need to hear this. God never promised us that every day would be perfect. God never promised us that we would never have problems. God never promised us that, that everything would just be peachy the rest of our life and we'd float on a cloud and everything would be given to us uh, uh, you know, as easy. What God said is this, I will never leave you or forsake you. And so when you're walking through those tough days, God's there. And I want you to know personally I did not see how the world can survive without that. Because those tough days will come, and when they come, if you don't have God to depend on, I just don't understand how you deal with it. If you don't have the peace of knowing that God is with you, then it's going to be hard. So why do we live in truth? 
Why, why should we choose? If, if, Doug, if there are days it's going to be hard, why should we do that? Why should we make the decision to try to live in that way? Because God commanded it. And in verse 37, he said that it will bring you peace. Look at verse 37. It says, let your yes be yes, excuse me, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more that comes uh, than this comes from evil. In other words, when we try to live life our way and we don't live by the truth and we try to live by a half-truth or a manipulated truth or some reality that we have created, it's not going to end up in peace. It's going to end up in chaos. And God says that when we live in His way, that it will set us free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Why live in truth? God commanded it. And the second thing is this. God desires it over and over and over again throughout Scripture. We find that God says, if you love me, then you will obey me. You will keep my commandments. You will live by my ways. God desires it. And then, very simply, and because we're all friends here, we're all friends here, right? I can just speak very plainly and very truthfully to you. Why should we live by truth? Because God said so. Did you remember your parents ever saying that to you? As I was preparing for this, you know, I was trying to come up with this really, you know, nice way of saying this. But, you know, there's just times when, as a parent, I just have to look at my kids and, and they're asking questions about why. And sometimes I just have to say, you know what? You have to do this because I said so. Because I know what's right for you. Because I'm trying to lead your life in a way that will protect you from evil and from harm and will lead you down the right path. And you may not completely understand it, but right now you have to trust me. And so you have to do this because I said so. You know what? We don't understand everything that's going to go on in the world. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know how our life is going to end up, uh, how it's all going to be pieced together. But I want you to know God does. And if God says that we should live by truth, then we need to just understand that God said we should live by truth and we should do it because he said so. Because he knows what's going to happen in your life tomorrow and Tuesday and a week from next Thursday and 10 years from now. And he knows the day you're going to take your last breath. And so you have to live by truth because God said so. And he knows what's going to happen in your life and he knows that it will lead you to freedom. I want to read you in closing a passage this morning from 1 John chapter 3. Because God's not just trying to control your life. And I don't want you to take that last point and say, well, God's just, he's just cutting us out. Because he's not. If there's anybody in this world who loves you, it's God. If there's anybody in this world who has, has your best in mind, it's God. And so I want you to listen to the heart of God. 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 16, says this, By this we know love, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and see his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not uh, love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassured that our heart 
before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and we do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and we love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. You see, God is working in your favor. God is pressing on in your way. And and he wants us not to live by truth just on Sunday morning at nine o'clock. He wants us to live by truth Monday at three. He doesn't just want us to pick the times where we we carve out the truth that we want the world to know, but instead that we live in truth every moment, every day. That we don't try to make it what we want it, but we follow him. And, and, And sometimes it comes down to the fact of, God, we don't completely understand why you're asking us to live this way and why you want us to do this way, but God, we trust that you have our best at heart because you have made the ultimate sacrifice for us and you have proved that your love for us goes beyond anything else that we can understand or comprehend. So God, as tough as it is, we live by truth. Here's what truth boils down to. God has proved his love for you. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says that God demonstrated his love for you while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. That's truth. The truth is that not everybody gets to go to heaven. The truth is that hell is real. The truth is that the gospel is our only hope. And as your pastor and as your friend, if you don't have Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your heart, the truth is that I want you to embrace Jesus today. If you've never asked Christ into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior, if you've never at at some point in your life stopped and said, God, it's not me in charge, it's you in charge. If you've not come to the point where you have surrendered yourself to him, then the truth is that you need Jesus and that we want to offer that to you today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, if Jesus is what you need today in your heart, then I'm going to challenge you not to try, try to create a truth in your own reality, but to embrace God's truth today. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us, that you have proved yourself worthy of our love by the sacrifice that you made and giving your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. Lord, I, I pray today for those who are within the sound of my voice, who are under the conviction of the Holy Spirit at this moment. And they know that if they died today, that heaven is not their reward. God, I pray that you will help them to see and help them to surrender their heart to you right now. Lord, that they would pray a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me so much to go to the cross for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. 
and I ask you to change me. Lord, I give you all that I am, the good, the bad, the ugly, and I ask that you would make me into the person that you desire. Now, when you pray a prayer like that, the Bible says that when you truly surrender your heart, that Jesus will come in, that he will save you, he will forgive you, he will cleanse you, and there will be a truth that will set you free. If you did that today, we want to walk with you in that journey of accepting Christ. On your card, there is a place for you to check. I'd like more information about becoming a Christian, and we'd like to walk with you in that journey. So if you did that today, if you prayed that prayer, if you'd like more information about that, check that on your card, and somebody this week will contact you, and we'll begin a conversation of what it means to walk by faith. I want us to pray, and then we're going to close our service. But I want us to pray today that God will help us to embrace his truth. Not to create our own reality, but to embrace his truth. Heavenly Father, God, sometimes telling the truth is hard. Because sometimes telling the truth is is saying things that people don't want to hear. And God, we we know you've not called us to walk around and, and really bring destruction and pain to people's lives. But God, I pray that the truth spoken in love might draw people to yourself. God, I thank you for a church that allows there to be truth spoken in this room. And God, that we're not at battle with one another of, of what your truth is, but God, that we are embracing the fact that you know better than we do. And so we trust you and we love you. And God, we thank you that you don't tell lies, that you don't give us a, a reality that, that fits our Uh, current situation, but God, that you give us a truth that is good for yesterday, today, and forever. God, that your truth is, is pure. God, I thank you today that you keep your promises. God, I thank you that you never fail, that you never leave, that God, you walk through the days that are awesome and you walk through the days that just stink. God, thank you that you love us that much, that you never leave us. So God, we pray that you would you would strengthen us to live by truth and to trust you. God, I pray your blessings on every person in this room, and I pray that you would allow our lives to speak of your grace and your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name I pray.